Welcome to Bite Size Podcast today. Today we begin by attempting to define love. We find out what the Word of God says about love and what it means to us. We'll stretch this discussion as far as we can, so we will not limit it to our usual trend of weekly discussions. But it will go as far as God allows and as far as the Bible speaks. We're focusing on the theme on love. This theme will be covered in multiple episodes. This is episode two of this thing. And thank you for joining us. The Bible tells us that God is love. So it is impossible to try and define love apart from God. In our world today, we've tried to define love in all kinds of ways that suit our carnal desires. We utter the words, I love you, based on how we feel. And don't imagine them to mean anything more than just our feelings. Our so-called love is directed and dictated by mere feelings. And when hardships and difficulty comes, and our feelings towards one another are those of disappointment, those of regret, those of hurt, our so-called love quickly turns into hate or disdain of the very same people we claimed to love. It is amazing how we, we've trivialized love so much, so much so that we claim to fall out of it, we jump in and out of it as if it were something to be fallen into or out of. without a true understanding of what the Word of God calls love. We are just lost in the clouds of oblivion, grasping thin air in order to justify what we've called love. Now, friends, the Bible says a lot about love. In fact, if you look at it and how it is structured, the story of love, At its core, a God who created human beings out of his love and human beings who separated from him because of sin. And God pursues them through the different books of scripture in trying to rescue them and to win back his love. To win back his object of affection and ends up by giving his only begotten that me and you who had chosen to move away from him can be brought back to him it's an amazing story The Bible tells us a lot about what love is. And in this episode, in the next coming episode, we'll we'll, we'll share some of these stories and go into depth and some of the meanings that the Bible gives us of what love is. It tells us about the love of God for his creation as I've just relayed the story of the Bible. 
but it also tells us about man's love for God. It tells us about the love that man has for the things of this world. It tells us about the love of men for one another, the brotherly love. And it tells us about the love of a man towards a woman in holy matrimony and vice versa. And it tells us about so much more and gives us examples of so much more of what love is. But today I thought it would be a great place to start first in trying to see how the Bible defines love. How it looks at love, God's love towards us, our love towards God, what it defines it to be. So there's a lot of that the Bible says about God's love. One of my favorite passages of scripture is found in the book of 1 John in chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. The apostle John puts it like this. He says, "In this was manifested the love of God towards us." Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. You see, the apostle John tells us that the love of God was manifested in that even when we were running away from him his chase after us was never deterred he was never he never lost the hope of chasing after us even when we were continuously trying to run away from him that he gave us life even though we rejected it but even more that he gave it to us knowingly full well that some of us actually most of us would continue to reject it even when it was freely given to us even today you see friends god having full knowledge of the rejection of his love by us put that aside and chose to display his love through his only begotten by causing him to become the ultimate sacrifice for our sin causing him to become the lamb to be slain for our redemption as john tells us in john 1 verse 29 it says the next day john seeth jesus coming unto him and said behold the lamb of god which taketh away the sin of the world the lamb of god which taketh away the sin of the world now let's think about this a little bit the same god who was rejected by man whom he had created came down from glory taking the form of the very man that rejected him and came to die for me and you in order that we could be reconciled to him in order that we could receive eternal life how do you even begin to define that you know that is a task ahead of us today how do we even begin to to define that in simple terms 
I mean, you look at it. In today's world, some might, might even call it madness or craziness. But the Apostle John calls it love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. But I like how John puts it in John chapter 3, verse 16. He says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light is come unto the world. And men loved darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. There's a few things in this passage that I'd like us to delve a little bit deeper in that John says. The first one, John says, the love God had for this world compelled him to give up his only begotten in order to save those that would believe in him. You see, God's act of love was for the whole world. It was for each and every one of us. Whether you love him back or not, his act of love was for you. It was for me. And when he gave his only begotten, he knew that many would reject his gift of love. But he gave it anyway. He knew that his love would not be reciprocated by many. Yet he went ahead and displayed his love for all to see. So that man is without excuse. He gave off his love so that we might have life. You see, the love of God is life for us. Because it was the same love which made him breathe the breath of God into man at creation. Wherein all things, all living things were created out of his word and formed from the ground. With man he went a step further. By not allowing the ground to give him life, but God out of himself, out of his abounding love, shed the breath of life with man. That is why the Bible says, after God had formed man from the ground, he breathed into him and only then man became a living soul. Yet with any other animal, he made them out of the ground and they were living. You see, this shows us the uniqueness of man in creation. And this uniqueness of man in creation is the testament of God's love towards us. Secondly, John says, that God's purpose in his love and his love gift to the world was not to condemn it but to save it. When men sinned in the beginning, the world 
of the ground was condemned or cursed because of it. See, the curse that was in the earth entered through the sin of man. But God gave us the gift of love, his son, his only begotten. And this gift was given to come and take away the condemnation that was on the earth. Because Christ was given for the whole world. It was to bring salvation to the world and to bring everlasting life. The the book we just read in John says, those that believe in him might have eternal life. Thirdly, John says that belief, that those that believe in him are not condemned. But those that choose not to believe in him are condemned already. But John is saying this because we are condemned not by Christ but through our sinful nature. You see, Christ came to take away the sinful condition of man upon himself that he can redeem us from condemnation. But if we choose to reject him, if we choose to reject him as a gift of love, then we remain in our condemned state because of our sin. So the unbeliever is already condemned not because of Christ, but because of his sinful nature. But Christ comes as a gift of love from God to rescue the unbeliever from his condemnation. And the fourth thing that John speaks about in this passage, he says, everyone that loves evil hates So the gift of love which God gave to us was meant to illuminate us so that we can walk out of darkness in which we lived. The love of God that is given to us is given so that we can see darkness for what it is and that his light may shine in our lives so that we can get out of darkness. The Bible says God is light. In Him is no darkness. The Apostle Paul says this in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. He says, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. You see, his love was given to us so that we, may, we, we might no longer live for ourselves, so that we might no longer live in the darkness which characterized us before his love was given. But that through him, we might live in the light, we might live in love, 
not just for ourselves, but for Him. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, that we love because He first loved us. In fact, He's saying our ability to love lies in Him. He is the one who showed us the way. The ability to love Him, but not only Him, the ability to love others lies in the fact that He loved us. The fifth thing that John says in this passage is that the condemnation that men feel that men have is that man loved darkness so much so than light. And they show this love for darkness through their evil deeds. So God equates love to deeds, not feelings, deeds. He loved by giving his only begotten. Men love darkness by doing their evil deeds. So it's a deed, not a feeling. I think we need to take a little bit of a breath here. You see, love that is from God to man is shown through deeds. What God has done for us to show us this love was through the gift that he gave us. But similarly, man, as we read in, we read in John chapter 3, loved evil. And their deeds revealed their love for evil. I think this, this is our this scripture is our first point of departure in trying to define what love is. Because if God is love, then we need to look at him to be able to define what it is. And I think it shows us that love is an action and it is shown through actions. But what else does the Bible tell us about what love is? Go with me to the book of 1 John again. And we'll read in chapter 2 and verse 15. It reads like this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For any man, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. John says, if any man love the world, The love of the Father is not in him. This, I think, is a very tough statement by the Apostle John. But I think a relevant one. And and leads us to our second point, which is love is exclusive in its nature. A love for one thing almost always means to the exclusion of others. The Apostle John says that it is impossible to love both God and the things of this world. It is impossible to love opposing things. Now I think this is very important because from the very same book in chapter 1 verse 5 it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him 
is no darkness at all. So if we love God, we cannot love darkness. In fact, what fascinates me is that the definition of darkness is that it is the absence of light. You see, darkness has no standing on its own, but finds its original definition in light. You cannot define it without light. And in in practical terms, we know that light takes away darkness. So the two are mutually exclusive. The love of one means you cannot love the other. If you love light, you cannot love darkness. And because we said love is doing, it means if you walk in light, you cannot walk in darkness. But the opposite is true. If you walk in darkness, you cannot claim to love the light because your walk determines where you love. The third thing the Bible tells us, I think about what love is, is found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Not John chapter 3, verse 16, but 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. And it reads like this. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So what John is saying is that love resembles love. Is that if we claim to be in God who is love, we ought to resemble him in our actions. Because God is a God of action and we ought to resemble him in our action. The Apostle John says, we perceive the love of God through his act of laying down his life for us. And we ought to resemble his act by laying down our lives for our brethren. Now, I know this sounds a little bit extreme to some. But I'll point you back to the beginning of creation. In the creation of man, this is what God says about us. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, it reads like this. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Man was always created to resemble God. We were created in his image and likeness. And we were given dominion over his creation. Resembling God is our original state of being. You see, the Apostle John in saying, in love we ought to return, all he's saying is in love we ought to return to our original state of creation, which is to resemble God. So when he says love resembles love, he's saying to us, 
love should cause us to go back to our original state of creation. And the only way we do that is through faith in Jesus Christ. It's through us believing in Him. This is exactly what God, throughout His words, keeps reiterating and speaking about man loving Him. Man is called to resemble God by walking in the righteousness of God. You see, first God gave man the law so that he could chart a path through which man should walk in love to him. But even the man Moses, to whom this law was written, was given, was not able to fully keep it. And it eventually led to his demise. In seeing this, God brought forward his ultimate plan of love through his only begotten, Jesus Christ. So that what man could not do by himself, God could in his stead do for man and equip him to walk in the love of God. That is why it is only in him that we are fully able to walk in love. So what exactly have we said? I want to wrap this up in five points. We've said that the love is not just a feeling, but an action as seen in the love God has for men that he gave his only begotten, knowing very well that some would reject him. So as much as it is an action, it is an action that is not deterred by the response to that action. Secondly, we said, love gave us life and redeemed us from condemnation. Love does not condemn. See, we are condemned if we choose to reject and not believe in the gift of love that is given, which is Christ Jesus. It is our sin and our sinful nature that condemns us and not the love of God. Thirdly, we have the choice to choose love or reject it. We can believe in it, or we can believe in Him, or we can choose not to believe in Him. Fourthly, love is to the exclusion of many other things. We cannot love both light and darkness. You will love one and hate the other because these are opposites. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and Mammoth. Either you love the one and hate you will love the one and hate the other. And love is like that. You cannot love two mutually exclusive things. You cannot love opposites. And then lastly, we said love resembles love. See friends, if we claim to walk in love, we ought to resemble God because He is love. Our love is seen in how well we walk a walk of righteousness as Christ walked it. We cannot resemble the world in how we live our lives and how we walk and yet claim to walk in love. These two are opposite. 
love resembles love. We will hold it on to we will hold it here today, friends. Tomorrow we'll continue our attempt to define in love so that by the time we're done, we'll all have one understanding of who love is. Now I said who, not what. Love is not just a thing. Love is a person. And it is in knowing him that we know love. It is in living in him that we live in love. It is in loving him that we truly love. Well, friends, we'll end our discussion here today. Join us tomorrow as we explore further on this theme on love. Thank you for tuning into Bite Size today. May God bless you and keep you. Friends, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so through our social media pages, Bite Sized, Facebook, on Twitter, at Bite underscore Word, on Instagram, Bite Word, or you can send us an email on bitesize0 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in, and goodbye.